Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and you are listening to the Joy Found Here podcast. I am obsessed with reminding my fellow mamas, queens, badass babes, ladies and girls that perfection is just a word, not a lifestyle. Multitasking is overrated. Comparison is a theft of happiness. And yes, you can put yourself first. Oh, and by the way, for optimum results, you should. I'm a New York girl from a small town, part-time badass, proud mama bear times three. I've seen 60 full turns of the sun. I've learned the importance of how kindness begins with you and your self-talk. Join us each week as we help you navigate both the messy and the magical season of this crazy ride called life. Real stories that remind us to reclaim your power. The sun does come out after the shitstorm. A good cry can be cleansing and... We really don't know who sits on top of the mountain of judgment. Sit back, plug in, fill up your cup. This is your time. Remember, you've always had the power. Welcome to Joy Found Here. Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Martinez Rivera, and I am so happy you've taken some time to listen to this week's episode. Today, it's a real good one, and we are talking with a really special soul. This badass is someone, once you meet her, you're drawn to her, and you just want to be in her presence. She is a great observer of people, a person who doesn't sugarcoat, and will tell you the truth, which most times you already know deep down inside. Although her journey to the space where she is in life has not been easy, She is here to talk about the power of rewriting your story, how important mindset is, and as a reminder, you have the power as you are the author who holds the pen and writes how your life happens. So I know this one is going to be replayed over and over because she is going to drop some gems. With that, I welcome to the podcast, Rachel Brooks. Hello. (laughs) Thank you so much. I'm so excited. Yay. I am too. But we always start with, who are you? Tell us all about you. You, 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 you. Yeah. I feel like that that question is like, I used to answer it with what I do. You're like, oh, who are you? You're like, oh, I... uh, well, I'm I'm an event planner, if I said that, right? I'm a, a life coach. But in my journey, I think if you ask me, who am I? I'm a, a daughter, a sister. I'm an intuitive, a medium. I am a life coach, a friend. I had a spiritual awakening probably five years ago now, which seems like yesterday, and as it continues to go on every day. But um, I am very aware of my purpose and my purpose is to help people heal and get to their greatest potential. So that's who I am. I'm a woman of the people, I guess. I love that. You know, and it's such a powerful statement that most people don't use. Yeah. And I don't think I understood it. You know, I've been a people person my whole life. I could talk to a brick wall. It doesn't matter. I think I had that 
that deep compassion in me, <laughs> you know, as you start doing personal development and you realize why you are the way you are and you start going back to the the childhood years. I think I always, I was a major people pleaser, but I just felt like I wanted people to understand me on the inside. So I really, really tried hard over my life and still do to understand people like underneath the layers of skin. So I think that definitely- Who they really are. Sure. And, you know, the people pleaser in me, I definitely have, it comes up every now and then, you know, but I call that the ego side of me for sure. But I guess it, the lesson I learned and how it served me was I really get to see the authenticity in people. And if I'm the only one that knows that for them, whatever kind of shade they're trying to cover up, I'm grateful for that, I think. So you would basically say your bullshit radar is pretty, pretty dead on. Oh yeah. I could five minutes, not even give me five minutes. (laughs) You can assess really quickly. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, I was like, yep, I'm not interested. No. mm." But now it's like, I see people differently. Like I, I don't say differently. I see people. That's a big difference. That's a very, very big difference because I mean, and especially in this world, that we live in social media where everyone is just, you know, the best picture, let's write a good hashtag and, you know, wait, take a picture of the plate before we eat it because life is so good. But then when you meet them. Ah, yeah. What a time to be alive with social media, huh? I think that I'm grateful for almost being the last generation of, I remember when computers and cell phones came out. So you are a millennial. You're a I millennial. I am a millennial. Yes. Uh, yes. Let's get that out there. And I again, wear a side part. Thank you. <laughs> and rock. That's important. And rock it. But you were there for the beginning. Sure. Yeah. I think if I could like chunk it into chunks, uh, no one wants to talk about their feelings and be vulnerable. Everyone wants to show their best self. Then when you get on, then we this whole era of social media, it's beautiful to see what's going on in Italy. It's beautiful to have the knowledge at your fingertips, but it's a constant comparison. And if you're not good with you in the present and what you got going on, it is that constantly, why me? How do they have it? How come I can't have it? They, those strangers, they're strangers. We don't even know who, who the hell they are. And that the one outfit you saw this week was the only time they put on an outfit all week. Yeah. <laughs> from the from only only on the top. Forget what they were wearing on the bottom. <laughs> exactly. So I think something that I do would I was in there. I was with that trend. Something I've noticed I've done now is I love to travel and I vac- I'm a frequent vacationer, uh, whether it's just a weekend with friends and I take a lot less pictures. Like I, my mom's like, Oh, send me a photo. I'm like, ah, mental image. I know where I'm at, you know? And I've noticed I've done that. That's that for me has also been a measure of a really good time. And you notice you're like, Oh, we forgot to take a picture. A quick story years ago when the Pope was in New York and I was fortunate I won the lottery and my friend Jen and I went to Central Park and it was just so amazing. Six hours of security to get in to get your spot and we're taking pictures the whole time waiting and waiting and talking to people and finally as we know his uh, motorcade is approaching I know my phone is going to die and I'm like isn't this so interesting because I'm supposed to just see him 
and not look through uh, my phone or people had iPad. I mean, they, everything. And I'm like, you know what? I put my phone down and I'm like, I'm here. I'm supposed to see him. I'll take the picture in my mind. And I still have that memory. And this wonderful, kind woman next to me, you know, sent me a picture. And I'm like, that. thank you. I appreciate it. But I know what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that is, and that's what we're missing. Yeah. Power of presence. Indeed. Indeed. So tell me about rewriting your story. I mean, I'm six decades into my life and you're three. So I've got, I've got some time on you and I've rewritten my story a thousand times over. And now with this new podcast platform, I'm on a new journey. It's never too late. So how did you rewrite? How did you discover? And tell us the power we have with that. Yeah, I feel like I'm currently rewriting my story. I would say I started... How far? How much time? How far can we go back? <laughs> <laughs> Might you be know. part one, part two. Let's just sure. go. Yeah, yeah. So in general, yeah, I grew up always knowing I... I hate to, I'm going to just be stealth me. I always knew I was meant for greatness. Like I always knew that there was something bigger and better than what I got dealt. I totally agree. And I don't say it as what I got dealt. I just always knew there's more for me. There's more for me for sure. Yeah. And I call myself the white sheep of my family. If they're listening and they will, I love you. It's not that. I always felt different. I always felt different. So for one, it's a lot of understanding. You know, when you're going through life, you always are desiring to be get approval from your family and you have partners and you have friendships and you're always trying to fit in. And I always tried to fit in, but I always knew how different I was. One, hi, I'm a medium at seven years old. I can see dead people and no one in my family could do that other than my mother listened to me and maybe her just be like, stop scaring your sisters. You know, so that was a, a, a part of my identity for a while that I was not comfortable with. As I got older, you know, it was very easy for me to be a people pleaser. Like I said, I'm, I could be the life of the party. I was very adaptable. You know, I could be, I could talk about the football game and I could talk about the school dance. Like, you know, all those things. Where are you in birth order? I'm the middle. Ah, the middle child. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a surprise. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) My older sister is very quiet. My little sister is very sensitive. That's what I say. So I always felt like I had to be the voice of them too. So, you know, the outgoingness and the, the one to stand up for the people, the, you know, the the woman of the the people. Right. Exactly. You're you're the representative. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, true in my blood to say the least and I had no problem voicing I always also didn't have a fear and I noticed this now I didn't have a fear of like well what if I can't do that like my that part of my ego didn't really kick in until my early 20s of like well what if I fail like that wasn't even a thought in my mind you know I I went to public school I grew up in a lower middle class family I was gifted going to a prominent catholic private preparatory high school, which I would say might've been the second chapter of my story. And I think that awakened me, right? I think the awareness is really what helps us rewrite our story because when you're content or just living in satisfactory, 
you don't really know until you know. You don't know any different until you know different. And when I went to a rich kid's school, I saw different. Contrast. Contrast brings it out. Yeah. And, you know, you're a teenager. So your perspective is like, these kids have these perfect lives and these big, beautiful houses. And, and their you know, cars. The- and yeah. Exactly. And that, that, you know, triggered the story in my life that, oh, if I really want this type of lifestyle, which wasn't so much, oh, I need the Mercedes and this, but I deserve it. I'm worth it. Why not go for it? I knew that I had to be the person to do it, you know? So doing well in school always came with pretty, pretty much ease for me. And I also knew that it wasn't going to be easy because I didn't, my family didn't have the money to send me to college. I was the first person in my family to go. I had to work for a year before I went. But when I went, I went and did it in three years. I paid my way. I worked my way, you know. So along the way, I just, I had that, that clear desire, that clear goal. So it was the awakening, the awareness, and then it was the goal. What did I want? And I knew what I wanted. So I was able to, you know, pivot. And I was, I was good at pivoting. I was good at adapting. I knew that about myself. So yeah, then I, uh. I went to school for event planning. Lo and behold, when I was younger, I told my mom I wanted to be a lawyer. So that came to a bit of surprise for her. I pushed through. I started my career as an event planner in Los Angeles. I went and worked in, you know, red carpets, something that I never thought I would be able to do. And the highlight of that career? Oh, the highlight of the LA career or being in events? Uh, let's go with LA when you were there. So a shadow part of myself is my body image. And it's taken me a really long time to work through that. And I've always been a confident person, but everyone has their insecurities. And to be honest, if I could think about being in that position, I thought to myself, look at me, this overweight girl who is literally seeing me in the backdrop of Hollywood, you know, e-news, all those things, killing the game without hesitation and not acceptance, not the idea of acceptance, but I'm doing it anyway. So where I felt like society was against me in so many ways growing up, financially, going through school, getting through this, I'm doing it anyway, you know? So the highlight of that was like, I can do this, whatever I want, probably. So I think it helps that, again, you know who you are. And when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? Even more now than ever. Yeah. In a deeper way. You know what I mean? I think when you're younger, it's society-based. I think when you're younger, it's approval of families and parents. And, oh, I went to college. To college, so I got my degree. And I, I did this. And I'm keeping up with the Joneses as best as I can. But now, as older, you know, I'm 32 now, I've gone through what I call my spiritual awakening about probably about four years ago, I see myself, like I see my soul. I don't just see Rachel Brooks, Italian New Yorker. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't know, like sister, you know, she's got good hair. I don't, you know. So yeah, so I continued my career and uh, I moved to working, running a vineyard and then I continued to do events and I loved it. I I loved doing it. Um, It empowered me because I was, good at it. I'm, I am good at it. So I think when we're good at things, it pushes us forward. And then probably about the age of 27, I felt like I hit a wall because I couldn't understand. I had 
dreamed about these days. I was in a full career. I was working a corporate position for a job that I dreamed about so long. And Dream I, job. You talked about it for a long time. I was so unhappy. And, you know, this whole idea of the boxes we need to check off, you know, you get the good grades, you go to the good college, you get the good job, you know, you get the good boyfriend or girlfriend, then you've got the house and you have the baby. It's like this linear path that is pushed on us so hard that when we don't check it off at a certain age, it's like I'm living in the abyss and I'm lost. But I was doing everything and I still wasn't happy. And the age is self-inflicted. It's a measure that you decided. You decided. And it can always be moved. Right. My parents were never like, hey, you're 27. Why don't you have kids yet? That was never something that came out of their mouth, ever. You know, at, for what? a big wake-up call in the sense of I was making money. What, what makes us happy? Ah, if I just make more money, that, that'll make me happy. That's the first trend. I was like, if I have more money... And I have more money that will make me happy. And that was the the the, the first thing. So and I I think I picked the first book I picked up in professional development was Jen Sincero's You're a Badass. That first book that I picked. And interesting that I used the word badass in your introduction. Yeah. I didn't even know that was your first yeah. book, but we all read yeah. it. Go on. <laughs> Simple. That's a nice read. That's like easy to read. But it started clicking and it's like, oh, she's talking to me. Like, you know what I mean? I think a good professional, a good professional development book or the people, there's so many leaders now, right? There's so many um, professional leaders now, but the one person you're like, oh, that's me. You're talking to me. It was so surface level still though. It was like, yeah, kick ass. You'll do it. And I was like, yeah. Like I, it reminded me of the kid again when I didn't have those fears. And then my development, I say it in that way because it's constantly developing, but it unfolded from there. Should I say the onion layers peeled off and uh, a lot of crying, a lot of inner work, a lot of healing. And I don't know. But you were ready for it. Totally. You're never going to have the aha moments. You're never going to have the epiphanies unless you're ready for it. You could read a book four times and the fifth time you read it, like, oh, that's what they meant. You could listen to a song eight times and then it hits you that one time. The universe never puts anything in your lap and ready for it ever unless you're ready and prepared. Can't see it i wouldn't say quite prepared because sometimes i i i um i really appreciate meditation i i wish i learned that when i was younger but just to be able to sit with myself and not be distracted by music or tv or conversation but like really ask yourself right because as you go through the journey right of, of a younger person you're constantly looking for everyone else's approval am i good enough to get into the school are my parents going to like my partner does a friend group think it's okay but you're never really asking yourself Maybe listeners have, but I never really asked myself what I wanted. I was just going on with what looked good, what seemed good. And then I think that uh, at that age, you know, at 27, what I'd like to call now is burnout because that's an awareness that I have now. I never really asked myself what I wanted. And in, in, in a, you were just doing, you were just going and doing and checking and a next box and the next box. I was fully operating in my mind masculine energy. So if you think about your fem your, your yin and yang, your feminine, your masculine, I had no idea what that meant until now. Um, and when I teach this to people, your masculine energy until until I learned absolutely. And it took uh 
a few moon ceremonies, a lot of whole lot of Reiki, um, you know, coaches along the way, some crazy rituals that I never thought that I would really do. I've done womb dancing and breath work and um, you need both. And I knew that when I was younger, I was so much operating in my masculine power or I was go, 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 do, do, do. And the vulnerability in me my intuition, asking myself how I felt about things, letting that be my guide. I was not, I was like, nope, no time for that. We got to go. Well, no time for feelings. Let's not, let's not, no, no, no. Don't look behind the green curtains. Nothing to see here. Just the wizard. We're fine. We're fine on the surface. All is good. Smile is on the face and come on, let's get it done. Yeah. I painted a great picture. I painted a great picture of being happy and being fine. And, uh, you know, it's the stories that you tell yourself about yourself late at night or alone. Those are the stories that you really believe, really believe. So how do you define happy now? Mm. Oh, happy. What's happening. Ah. Joy is what I seek. There's a difference. So joy, that's like, that's, you feel that in the gut, in the heart, you know, joy is spending time with your children. I don't have any, but I know that, you know what I mean? That's everlasting. Joy is waking up and being excited about something even more than you were yesterday. Joy is getting to the top of that mountain that took you five years to practice hiking to get happy is, oh, I'm happy. I got a new pair of shoes this week that I have had my eye on. Fleeting. Yeah. Happy is what's happening right now. Because what made me when I was a teenager and what made me happy at 25 does not necessarily make me the happiest now. And in t- five years from now, what makes me happy now might not make me happy then. So it's what's happening. But I know in my soul, what really got me to this was figuring out what my values were. And that's like a weird thing. Like who says, Hey, what are your values? Well, of course you value family and money and things like that. But when I understood what I valued, you know, your value is your sovereignty. Your value is that stake in the ground that says, no matter what happens to me in life, no matter what decision I make, I know if I value love and I was coming from that place, you're not going that far off. You're not really going that far off. So if I, my joy comes from the things that I value, listen, my career started as an event planner. Now I'm working in addition to my life coaching. I do operations. My joy, I know it's the craziest thing, but my joy is making things work. It's logistics and operations. So that's something that I help people do. I still do event planning on the side, but it was never about the flowers for me. It was never about the cake. Making the bride it was, happy. It, really, <laughs> it literally was at the end of the day. When a bride's mom comes up to you with a bride and they're like, this was the best in my life because things went seamlessly for them. It was exactly how it was supposed to be. So as much as I could say my purpose was to be an event planner, no, my purpose is to bring people joy. And I know that when I have experiences with people and they walk away like, holy, can I curse? I don't know. Go go lay it on us, my friend. I feel like I was meant to meet you. I was meant to have these conversations. I was like, of course you were. You know what I mean? Like nothing happens for no reason at all. So I know that when I discovered my values, I'm authenticity, my value, I keep it real. If I don't, it's like, ugh, too many secrets, too many things to like change and bend who I am. You know who I am. It's up front. So don't 
come to me any other way. So that's the sovereignty in me that I think helps. And how do people react to that? <laughs> uh, depending on the country <laughs> where you live. I say that because you are one of the rare people. And again, I'm older. I've known a lot more people than you. And you are one of the rare people who a lot of people call you their friend, if not a best friend. And that's a title that, you know, you're lucky if you have one. And it's not, you know, you could have, you. I'm not talking that you have so many. I'm talking about so many people that I know mutually with you consider you their best friend. And that is, I mean, such a, a gift. But I also know that you value relationships. And maybe because you do keep it real. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's what I said, you know, a little earlier is like people, people, like if you think of your best friend and you know that you're able to share those, those most vulnerable moments, even once, even once that you can like cry on their shoulder and be honest and admit something to them. There's, they're always going to remember that moment because you saw them in that moment. And I'm talking like, I can see people at the grocery store. I can see people when I go out to a bar and have a drink. Like, I agree. I mean, I think that the idea is that I am a soul driven person. So I feel like that's what I seek out in people. Now, as I've gotten older, it's not so much being friends with everyone on the playground, right? They let it go be friends. I don't want to be friends with everyone on the playground. Get the hell out of here. That's too overwhelming. It's not supposed to be that way. I think along the way, okay, relationships, if you think of the world as our classroom, our relationships are our greatest teachers. But that is the gift. Like your relationship with your mother, with your husband, with your friends, with your, you know, your children, you know what I mean? With the boss that treated you like shit you are learning something from them and always and that as much as they as like nice for you to say like they call me their friend like i get so much out of people like they might not realize that we might not talk about it all the time but i get something from them too so it's that's the point you give a little you get a little that's it's, it's yeah it's a nice relationship and and you know, it, it comes down to, again, in this social world that we live in, instead of looking at a screen, you know, you know that you have that heart-to-heart, person-to-person, face-to-face relationship. Although you can have a, you know, um, a relationship with someone online, you know, people that you haven't met, again, in the digital world. And I just want to touch a little on some of your coaching that you do, because those are people you haven't met in person. But again, look like what we are. We're zooming right now. At least it's we're looking on a screen close enough, but also you know when you are on the same wavelength with you when you, you you just know when, yeah, they could be part of the tribe because it's easy. I wish they taught this in school and I and I that's gonna be our next podcast, like the new curriculum. Come on, let's save this, let's save the next generation. Five-year-old how to take a breath and meditate and see how far it goes. But to me, it's energy. So, like, you know, I have a friend that we were recently talking about dating, online dating. And, you know, he's like, it's just not for me. Like, you have these minimal conversations, you're trying to be on your best behavior. And I was like, you know, if you think about it, 
you're trying to impress someone to sell yourself, right? Oh, I hope they pick me. So you, you, you change and adapt yourself to be at their frequency, at their vibe. If I'm on a date with someone and I think this guy loves football, I'm like, yeah, I watch football every Sunday. I love it. I could tell you one player. I enjoy the game, but this little, you know, deep down, I really actually love hockey. I don't know. Give me an example. He thinks I want him to be a football lover, whatever. We live in New England. Everyone loves football. But he really loves hockey, but he's trying to sell himself. Little do we both know, if we were just both honest and said, hey, I love hockey, we could run into the clouds and be hockey lovers forever. You know what I mean? It's just this idea, I think, that people are constantly trying to sell themselves to something else because they think it's what other people want. We're me. I operate as me. This is it. Comes a, comes a soul. Like, to, no updates. I mean, my own updates, but like, <laughs> that's really it. So for me, it's an energy thing. So as much as a facade, I think that sometimes people are saying things that they want you to say. And I find this with clients, you know, we do work together and they're like, I know I need to do this. It's like, stop telling me what you think I want you to say. Stop. What, like, you don't have to convince me. You know what I mean? All you're doing is selling yourself short in a certain way. So for me, I love people because I can feel their energy. Now, if we're going to go on like, and I hate the word woo-woo, but if we want to get into a little bit personal frequency and vibes, right? High vibe. No, literally we all, we are energetic beings. You are energy. I am energy. So we're the same thing. So how do you feel when you're around people that are high vibe energy? You feel great. Because you're aligning to their energy. How do you feel when you're around someone who is very cynical and very negative all the time? You feel that. So that's why for me, energy is so important when it comes to relationships, for sure. So I think that I emotions, it's funny because you know they say when you get into life coaching, you end up coaching your old self. And I can tell you that the majority of my life, I was very unemotional or was very good at stuffing them under the rug. Like I said, operating in that masculine energy, pushing that stuff under the rug. And then once I start feelings, I'm like, wow, commercial tearing up at this point, which was not me at past. So I think it's a good balance of keeping it real and having emotions. You know what I mean? I think that comes in perception. You know, when you, when your world, you could be very anxious about, not wearing makeup when you go out in public. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? What do you mean you got to put a full face on when we go to the grocery store? And you're like, this is it. In case, in case someone sees me or. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> grocery store, I know. You know what I mean? But our perception of the world really, really is rooted in our mindset and our beliefs. So with, it's all tied in, right? Like, so if you said to me, I can't do this as a coach, I have to say, okay, you can't do this. This is a reality for you. You know, the thoughts that we have, the beliefs that we have, that creates a perception. Your five-year-old son believes in Santa Claus. You bet your ass he's going to behave all year because he's going to bring him presents. As an adult, we don't think that at all. So our perception of the world creates our reality. So that's when, you know, when we talk about rewriting your story and what the possibilities are, there's so many people that live in this satisfactory, their comfort zone, their glass ceiling. This is it. This is my story. This is it for me. But the truth of it is like, you can change it in an instant, in an instant, in an instant. And it's easy. Okay. Those are powerful 
easy, hard words all in one. What do you suggest? How do you suggest who's someone who's be like, you know, I think I want something different. I don't know what I want. And I usually always start with, well, start with that list. When you don't know what you want, what don't you like of what's happening right now? That's easy because you can name off, you know, 24 of all these things I don't like, I don't want, I don't, you know. And then you use the, you have a list of what you want, which is just the opposite. Yeah. And I write things down. How? What's your approach? Stop saying what you don't want. Start saying what you do want. Stop saying what I don't want. Start saying what you do want. Why? Whatever your, I would like to say, whatever your North Star is, God, Buddha, Allah, your angels, your guides, your own personal energy, Mother Earth, it doesn't react to negative. So if you, it doesn't react to negative. So if you said, I don't, okay, here's an example. I don't want to be overweight. I'm tired of it. I don't want to be overweight anymore. The universe, as I like to say, here's a go. Oh, you don't want to be overweight anymore? Let me show you how. Because our thoughts and our language create our reality. So when you're saying this and now, oh, you can't fit in a pair of pants, you break a chair, I don't know. You keep having these experiences and the frequency of your thoughts and language, you put out this vibe, right? What you put out, you get back in and you're like, and you just are reminded of why you don't want to be overweight. Switch language. Stop saying what you don't want. Start working toward what you do want. I want to be healthier. I want to lose 10 pounds. How are, okay. Your friend asks you to go for a walk. You find a salad recipe you love. You start researching sh- juicing and shake recipes. And you get excited about it. You know what I mean? It just switches your mind into the positive and the universe goes, oh, I'll show you. You want to lose weight? Okay. You want to lose weight? Let me show you how. And little do you know, you have a new neighbor that wants to walk with you every day. Do you know what I mean? That's how it reacts. The universe doesn't react to negative. It's like, and it also, let me preface it with this. The universe doesn't react out of fear-based desires. I'm going to give you an example. Fear-based is a low frequency vibration. Let's think of like, if you had your whole body, we had a, a whole picture of a body, low, poor vibes, anger, jealousy, despair, sadness, low vibrations that you're putting out, high vibes, love, joy, enlightenment, courage, high vibes. So when you're in a low vibe, that's what you're putting out. That's what you're getting back. When we work out of fear, the root of what we're doing is out of fear. So it's never going to come to that place of love in the sense of, okay, I want to say like love is probably your like your aha best feeling you could have. So if if I said I want to lose weight, I'm going to go I'm going to go get gastric bypass surgery, but you're not doing it for yourself and you're doing the husband that made comments about you, you're doing it for the boy that called you chubby when you were younger. You're you're never going to get their validation. You're never going to get the ah this is so great because it's always going to be seeking someone else's approval, right? So you're looking that way. The universe also looks at it as like Maggie energy, right? Think of when you're younger and the boy, Willie, that likes you and he's like, oh my God, Stephanie, oh, you're so cute. And you're like, oh God, this kid won't leave me alone. Like, it's just, I can't deal with it. The universe comes out of its desperate energy, right? So you're like, uh, the universe goes, oh, no, I don't feel like dealing with this. It, It repels it. So when we come to the idea of saying, okay, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied. I need a change. 
start flipping your language to high vibe feelings and emotions and language. What do you want? You know, I think, especially as women, we have a hard time saying what we want without feeling, is that too much to ask for? Do I deserve that? Who who am I to say that? Why the fuck not me? That's where I am. Now, why the fuck not me? Okay. So when you say what you want, ask big. Don't say, oh, you know, I'll ask for the 80K, you know, at the career. I'll ask for the the, the smaller house. It's okay. Why settle? You're looking at these people. Hello, social media. You're looking at these people in these extravagant homes, these jet vacations, you know, the, the Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm not just talking about material things, but why not ask? Because if you don't put that, like I say, like that cord of energy out into the universe, when will you ever catch it? When will you ever be lucky, quote unquote? When will you ever meet the right person at the right time if you're never in the mindset that you can actually have it? So that's what I would say. Flip, flip the language. Start saying what you want. Get clear on what you want. That would probably be like the awakening portion of it. It's just... I was going to say that's that's a more advanced. That's probably like next episode because I like the start changing the language. It's it's so easy. It's so easy. Why don't we do that? I don't know. I mean, I think it depends where you're raised. I think it it depends the it depends on the people that your stories, the old stories and what you're telling yourself about yourself depends on your experiences. You know, experience happens three or more times in your life. It creates a belief. Three or more times it creates a belief. So for example, three or more times it creates a belief. When you're younger, you had a big brother that was always picking on you. You went to high school, you had a coach that wouldn't, you know, wouldn't stop getting off your back. You had a boyfriend that kind of treated you like shit, maybe a stepdad that wasn't really that kind to you. You're most likely going to have a belief subconsciously in the back of your mind that men don't really treat you right. And maybe you don't deserve to be treated right because the people that are the closest to you, the people that are supposed to be your supportive net are not treating you right either. So your self-worth shrinks down because you don't think that you deserve it. And that story sits in the subconscious. 99.5% of our life is controlled by our subconscious beliefs, not our conscience. Our prefrontal cortex in our brain, right? That's the decision. Should I do this? Get up. Should I go to the gym? Should I do this? Should I do this? It's fighting with the reptilian part of our brain, which is survival mode. Survival mode is always going to win. Fight or flight. I, I know it well. Yeah. Yeah. I know it well. Yeah. It is. So start getting the back of that brain to be on your side. Yes. It's a, it's a muscle that needs to be exercised. Every day. So a second tip I would give people, I'm not really happy. You need to start getting into routines and rituals. Little, little things. Wake up a half hour earlier and go for that walk. Wake up a half hour earlier and read 10 pages out of a self-development book or listen to that podcast in the morning because it starts retraining your brain. You're going to hear that one sentence. You're like, ooh, okay, that hit home. Okay, that person relates to me. Okay, you know what I mean? Those little, it's the little steps, the little steps that do it. And for me, that's how it started. You know, it started with me just listening to things on YouTube. It started with me reading. It started me being comfortable with having conversations 
around things like this. And I started attracting people like in self-development and growth abundantly. I'm talking like a magnet. That's what you're doing, right? So it's the whole idea of, you know, your universal laws. What you put out is what you get back. You're telling the universe, hey, I'm ready. I'm ready for something. Like we said in the beginning, you don't get anything put unless you are ready for it. And you're not ready for it until you start exploring it. Curiosity is a great thing. So I would say that would be the next thing. I would, I would definitely, definitely your routines and rituals. I'm not saying go run a marathon every day, start green juicing every morning, but what you think you can do and, you know, re- repeating activities and then it becomes a habit and then don't be afraid to pivot. And I know that I've already gotten like three great titles for your podcast during this talk. Just saying, as always, and as always, she delivers. This talk will be continued. We have so many, <laughs> so much to to touch on and really learn more about. But for now, we're going to leave them wanting more. So first, I want you to tell everybody, please, where they can find you on social media. Yes, my Instagram handle is I am Rach R A C H Brooks. And you can also find my new website, which I'm very excited just launched, rachbrooks.com. And then also Rach Brooks on Facebook, trying to keep it consistent, you know? And if anyone wanted to seek you out for any life coaching and courses, they would find that on your website and probably on Insta. And Yep. Mm-hmm. I do one-on-one coaching and I also do a group Awaken Alignment Abundance, a group coaching program, which touches the first phase of it is kind of what we talked about today is just, it starts with the awareness and the awakening. Yeah. And then the sky's the limit. Yeah. Crazy. It's crazy once you start to get into it and you realize how far you've come, you know, you know, to definitely, I would, let's, let's say that the final tips for the crowd, <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> change the language, just fl- change the language to what you want, start a new routine and ritual and start celebrating the small things. For Damn sure. It. That's it. Absolutely. On that, I can't thank you enough, my friend. I thank you. Thank you for always being the fabulous, wonderful person you are. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Joy Found Here podcast. And if you liked what you heard, which obviously you did, please subscribe, rate, and review Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you're listening to your podcast. We really appreciate all of your support in this very interesting journey. It's been so much fun and we can't wait to bring you more. And yes, of course, Rach will be back. I promise. From here on, we'll see you next week. And just remember, you've got this. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Joy Found Here podcast. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please share it with a friend. And of course, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to head over to joyfoundhere.com for any questions, comments, and feedback. Until next week, keep your head up and your crown straight. You've got this.